It's time for another Holiday Hot Mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to untangle your tinsel because we are dashing our way back out of the Christmas closet. And welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. Or, you know, as my friends just call me Jason. It's totally fine either way. You know, we're in January now, and and I don't know about you all, but January seems to be when we get those holiday doldrums and we start kind of getting sad and melancholy because we've had all of our fun times with Christmas and New Year's and, you know, it I don't know what it is about January. I guess it's just kind of how it is. Like January is kind of that Christmas crash, if you will. And I have found for me, what I have to do um, is I honestly just listen to Christmas podcasts for the whole month of January. I save some up throughout the year to kind of listen to. And I listen to so many other Christmas podcasts. There are a ton out there. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for, you know, listening to mine. Uh, I should say ours because, you know, there's a team of us. So, um, but yeah, we appreciate that. And I think that's honestly how we can get through January is, is, you know, listening to some podcasts, keeping that cheer up. We have got a really great episode for you today. We're actually going to take a look at the history of wassail or wassail, uh, that holiday beverage that uh, a lot of people sing about. And, you know, it's so funny when I said to a certain Lady Claus uh, at our holiday party last month, you know, that we had never done an episode about wassail and I really wanted to, she decided that she wanted to teach you all how to make wassail. So uh, Mrs. Claus will be there to teach you how to make it. And uh, Carol will be here today as well. She is going to teach you what to do with your punch bowl year round. Uh, Of course, we'll hear from everybody's favorite little elf, Naughty Ned, with some gift suggestions. And we're going to see if a cosmic Christmas is a classic or not so classic Christmas special. So let's get on with the show and start things off with our festive fun fact. What the hell is wassail or wassail? I don't know about you, but as a kid, I literally had no clue. And I remember singing along to a lot of my Christmas um, albums, you know, on record and tapes that my parents had, where you would sing along to the song that we just heard, Here We Come a Wassailing. And I had no idea what it meant. And then one day I caught a Christmas special on TV called Will Venton's Claymation Christmas. And it was there that I finally kind of understood that it was a drink and you drank it at Christmas is what I got from it. And it was many years later until I realized like what kind of a drink it actually was uh, because I'd never, I honestly didn't try it. I've never known anyone to make it. And, um, you know, I decided for this episode that 
we should figure out what wassailing is or wassail. I'm going to say it both ways, so just get used to it. I don't know which way I like it better, wassail or wassail. Um, I feel like uh, either way, I'm butchering it with my American accent. <laughs> so <laughs> first off, it is a beverage made of hot mulled cider, spices, and it's traditionally um, drunk as part of wassailing, which is... Basically, a medieval Yuletide English drinking ritual and salutation that intended um, to actually ensure that there was a good uh, cider apple harvest the following year. So it was kind of all about apples, which is really just interesting. So it's typically consumed hot, although there are some people who drink it cold. Now, the earliest versions of wassail, uh, it was warm mead that had roasted crab apples dropped into it and then you'd wait for those crab apples to basically burst and create another drink that they would call like lamb's wool later is when it became mold cider with like sugar and cinnamon and ginger and nutmeg and then it would get topped i'm not kidding about this it would get topped with pieces of toast that toast would kind of like sop it up and it was drunk out of a large communal bowl um, and then eventually um, sliced fruit and liquor, which is why we all like it, liquor was added to it. Now, when I talk about a communal bowl, I literally mean there were extra handles on it so that people could drink out of the bowl. Um, what's fantastic is that you can actually still purchase wassail bowls or wassail bowls. Like if you search on the internet, you can find them. I mean, I found quite a few of them on eBay, but you can still find really cool looking uh, wassail bowls out there if you would like to make wassail. Um, you know, they they actually started out as wood, of like all of our tools did, and then they moved into like pottery and so on. Um, again, take a look on eBay. You can find some really cute ones. Now, according to the website wassail.com or wassail.com, and yes, it truly exists, um, people would go from house to house singing songs and carrying a wassail bowl. And at each household um, would add something to this bowl and thereby create a unique drink. And people would add things like fruit or ciders or mulled wine or beer. And they would add these things to the pot so that the carolers basically could drink from it and keep warm while they were caroling around basically town. Um, what's cool about this is that every time they went out caroling, the wassail that they made was completely different every time because it was basically, what do you have in your house? And I just love that idea. It's kind of like the colors of the rainbow. You just blend them together and we've got this amazing uh, culture. And so how cool it is to like, just say, hey, we're going to make this awesome drink. We're all going to put stuff in it for each other and, uh, you know, get drunk and go out and sing. Um, it makes me, it makes me happy. And it's really cool because they just never ended up having the same wassail twice. Like, there was no way to, like, I guess unless somebody started to write down what people were putting in and how much, there's no way to know. Um, talking about these carols, when they would go out and, you know, drink wassail and wassail around with carols, um, there are some really, really old carols out there that talk about the tradition of wassail and the wassail bowl. In fact, in um, there is a traditional carol called the Gloucestershire Wassail. And the first stanza of it goes, Wassail, wassail all over the town. Our toast is white and our ale, it is brown. Our bowl is made of white maple tree. With the wassailing bowl, we drink unto thee. 
And I think that's really cool that, you know, going back almost to the 1700s, this whole this whole idea of sharing drinks with your fellow man and figuring out like, hey, if we all put our minds together, we can create something beautiful. Now, in cider producing uh, counties in like the southwest of England and the southeast of England, wassailing is uh, still a traditional ceremony that involves singing and drinking to the health of the trees on Twelfth Night, January 17th, in hopes that they might better thrive. And the purpose of wassailing is to awaken the cider apple trees and to scare away evil spirits to ensure good harvest of fruit in the autumn. And um, what's, again, really cool and unique is that the ceremonies were pretty amazing and different in each village. Now, in some villages, they would have uh, a wassail king and queen lead the singing, and then the wassail queen is lifted on uh, into the boughs of the tree where she places toast soaked in wassail as a gift to the tree spirits. In some other areas, instead of the wassail queen, it would be the youngest boy, or they would call him Tom Tit. Um, he would stand in for the queen and hang the cider-soaked toast into the tree. Now, wassail has become more prevalent in modern culture, and this is due to tradition starting to erupt a little bit more in our daily lives. And, you know, there's a lot of musicians out there who have created new music about uh, wassailing, and um, it can be found in Christmas movie soundtracks. Like, I think that's honestly the first time I heard it was in some Christmas movie. There are so many versions of Here We Come a Wassailing that I could not possibly cover them all in this um, little segment. And so I did find one that I really, really enjoy. Um, I love when I can find a new Christmas music. And while researching for this episode and listening to all those music, I found a band that I honestly had not heard of. And I found their version of Here We Come a Wassailing. And the band is called Under the Street Lamp. And their uh, album is called Hip to the Holidays. And I just want to play you a small clip of it because I absolutely love it. I just love it so much. It really makes me want to dance. I mean, I may have been dancing while playing that clip. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to play it at future holiday parties. I just, it's just literally such a good song. Now, Wassailing also started to become more popular through the use of television. Shocking. Um, in 1987 is when the Will Venton Claymation Christmas Special aired. And in that special, it talks about wassailing in between little snippets of other songs that these claymation animals are performing. Except all but one of the characters does not understand what wassailing means, or if that's even the right word. In fact, <laughs> it's confused by everyone except for the main character. Um, there is a song that is sung by a group of dogs where they confuse wassail with waffles. Christmas Carol. Now the key word, my good fellows, is wassailing, not waffling. 
Well, uh, what the heck's wassailing? A song sung by geese who confuse wassail with waddling. And a song sung by pigs who confuse wassailing with wallowing. Now, towards the end of the special, they finally figure out what wassailing means because driving into the frame is a large cider truck uh, being ridden by a bunch of partying elves who are singing the right lyrics. Now, the elves finally explain to the hosts that uh, wassailing is spending time with friends and family, going around singing carols, and of course, drinking delicious drinks. Um, In 2004, The Simpsons actually closed out an episode of their show with a traditional British wassail. When the director yells cuts, they spit it out in disgust, and and Bart makes a comment that it tasted like uh, hurl. Which is ridiculous, but whatever. And uh, during an episode titled We Two Kings on the sitcom Frasier, Frasier's brother asks to borrow his wassail bowl. And his father asks, well, why can't you just use a punch bowl? And the brother states, well, then it wouldn't be wassail then, would it? And then just to get back at him, his father looks up the word wassail in the dictionary and it's defined as a Christmas punch and therefore could be served in a punch bowl. Now, I haven't tried wassail yet, but uh, I have a, a very good feeling, as I know that our our wonderful uh, Mrs. C is making some wassail, and she's going to send it to me so that I can try it. I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it, though. I'm very excited, and um, I'll let you all know what I think. Now, have you tried wassail or wassail? Uh, is that a tradition that you partake in? I would love to hear about it if you have. And uh, really, how do you make your wassail? Because I think that would be interesting. So you can always uh, shoot us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a very short 30-second voicemail, you can by going to anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. So either way, let us know. Get out your glue gun and Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north who always puts the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol. Your messy Christmas queen, don't you know? (laughs) Well, I hope y'all had a great Christmas and a happy New Year's Eve. You know, I hope you're all safe and being socially distant, because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, damn it. We got stuff to worry about. You know, got your masks on and everything. 
So, you know, listen. I got an email from listener Annette uh, who wrote in saying, Hey, Carol girl, you know, I have this beautiful punch bowl that I bring out every year for our Christmas party. And I hate putting it away, don't you know, every year. It's, uh, it's been in my family for years and, you know, it's just been tradition to only bring it out at Christmas. But I feel like it should come out whenever I want to bring it out, you know. So um, do you have any ideas that I can do with this punch bowl for year round? Well, Annette, of course I do. Come on now. You know there's a lot of options out there for that bowl. And and you just got to kind of come up with what she can do. So listen, the best idea that I can give you, honey, is just use it as a centerpiece on your table and change it every month. Now, that may seem like a lot of work, but it's really, it's not. So like, for example, you know, it's January, right? Even though January is almost over. You can do this next year. You know, why don't you throw in some cotton, you know, some pieces of cotton, some pine cones, some sticks, some fake berries, and throw on some fake snow on the top. You know, make it a cute little winter scene. And then around the base of the bowl, just put some of those cute little white or off-white fairy lights to give it another level of pop. Right? And then you've got yourself a cute little centerpiece. You could even put that on your mantle, you know, or another table in a room or something. Maybe you got a little side table, whatever you want. In February, you could simply just fill it with different kinds of colorful Valentine's Day attributes. You know, get yourself a small dowel rod, paint it red, and glue on a little Cupid decoration, maybe on each side of the pole. Stick that pole in the bowl, fill up with the candies. The candies will hold the little Cupid up in the air, and now you got yourself a fun little festive treat bowl for everybody in the house. And your guests, if you are allowing guests in your house, which, you know, we're not supposed to, but maybe, you know, I don't know. Listen, sweetie, honestly, if you look for the holidays for each month, because we got a lot of them coming up, you're going to get a lot of ideas. Think about Easter. O-M-G. You could put lots of colorful eggs in that bowl, you know, and you could have a guest take an egg before they leave and inside be a little treat. Simple as that. Look for those special occasions where you can do those things. And honestly, honey, sometimes the best use of a punch bowl is literally what it was made for. Punch. Okay. There are so many punch recipes out there that you can make. They don't have to be alcoholic. You know, you can make a punch that can sit out for a little bit and have the family could just have a new punch every weekend. You know, make it a, or every month, make it a loose fun day. And it's, oh, it's punch day, everybody. We're going to have some new punch. Go out and Google punch, honey. There are so many punches out there. I looked at a couple and I thought, well, geez, I don't want to give all this away. I'm going to make this little girl work for a little bit. So anyway, honestly, though, the sky is the limit. You can even use that there, Google Google will help you a lot. Just literally Google punch. Okay? It's that simple. I don't I don't have a famous punch recipe. Now, if you go back and listen to the Christmas episode with Mrs. Claus, you know, there's a uh, she's got that special Mama D's wine punch that would be really good for the adults. All right? And you don't have to have a party just to have punch, sweetheart. You can have some people over and have punch outside and socially distance in a punch day. All right, now, honey, listen. You got me talking about punch so much that you're making me punch thirsty. And by punch thirsty, I mean I need a cocktail of the adult kind. So, listen, I'm going to go get one because I deserve it. And uh, until next time, y'all, keep crafting. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. 
am so excited you are back in my kitchen again with me once again. You know, I hope you've had a very merriest of Christmases. I know you're probably quite surprised that I'd be back so soon. But thankfully, Jason, I mean Jason, had me to pre-record my segment at the end of December so that Santa and I can enjoy our month-long vacation. You know, at our holiday party, Jason mentioned to me that he had never had wassail. And that he had planned on talking about it in this month's episode. And I told him, I said, well, you know, wassail can be enjoyed year-round. It's so good to use to warm up from those cold winter days. So I thought, you know what, on this episode, why don't I share my recipe for wassail with you? So that's what we're going to do today. (laughs) So today we're going to call this tasty treat Mrs. Claus's Winter (laughs) Sale. (laughs) Because after you drink it, you're going to go Now this recipe makes 24 to 36 servings, depending on your cup. And it's pretty easy to make, actually. So let's get our ingredient list ready, okay? Now, I know you probably have to listen to the episode a couple of times. I'll go slow. It's fine. So you need a gallon of apple cider, four cups of no pulp. You don't want any pulp. Orange juice, 46 ounces of pineapple juice, one cup of fresh lemon juice. So that's about four to five lemons, a cup of packed light brown sugar. Notice I said packed. We want it full. You need 12 whole cloves. Yes, cloves. Mm-hmm. They're going to help with the, with, the, with the taste and everything. Ten whole cinnamon sticks. One Granny Smith apple, cored and cut into quarters. One Honeycrisp apple, cored and cut into quarters. And one navel orange, washed and quartered. Now, you can have a couple of extra things. Maybe if you want to garnish it with a little bit, you could have some more oranges or apple slices or even cinnamon sticks. Um, Also, if you decide that you want to be an adult and have some some, uh, drinky drink with it too, that's absolutely fine. Yes. Uh, With this wassail, typically you drink it with a bourbon or a dark rum or even a brandy. Now, our tools, and actually it's a very small list compared to the ingredients. We need a large pot, measuring cups, a large mixing spoon, a paring knife, a cutting board, some type of strainer, and of course your glass of sherry, because we all love a good glass of sherry. Yes, we do. And speaking of sherry, I'm going to go ahead and pour myself a cup. Fill it all the way to the top because Christmas is over, yes. <laughs> Here we go. Mm, let me go ahead and take a fair sip. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Well, now this is a pretty simple recipe, okay? So our first step, of course, you should all know by now when you're in Mrs. Claus's kitchen. We've got to get your sherry glass and toast yourself and your success, yes. So here's our toast today. Okay, here we go. Here's to you, dear listeners. May your wassail make you go... (laughs) Mm. You know, 
I don't know why. I've just always loved my sherry. It's so good. Now, here's the deal. All right. Let me get my pot out. I have a new helper in the kitchen. Her name is Mitzi. And let me just tell you, everybody, I'm not 100% ready for today. So let me get my pot out. And holy crackers. Well, hold on a second. Oh, sweet God, Mitzi. All right. I've got my pot. Now, the first thing we're going to do is we've got to put in all our liquid ingredients into the pot first, okay? So we're going to put in our gallon, yes, of apple cider. Now, it doesn't really matter what brand. Just pick a brand of cider that you like. That's what we've got to do. So we're going to pour it all in this pot. I'm going to take that away because it's starting to get a little heavy by the microphone. Perfect. Right. Okay. Mitzi. The next thing we've got to remember to add is, uh, so we've got our cider and now we're going to pour in four cups of no pop orange juice. I've got one of those wonderful um, four-cup mixer uh, measuring cups. You know, you should get one if you don't got it for recipes like this. Oh my God, it's so much orange juice. It's gonna be quite tart. All right, we've got that there for us all right and then now that we've got our orange juice i'm gonna go ahead and give it a little stir because you know just go ahead and pre-mix it there's nothing wrong with that you know i get somebody asked the other day they said mrs claus are you actually cooking when you make your tasty treat segments and the answer is yes i'm in the kitchen right now we're not going to pretend absolutely not that's not in my nature the next thing we need to do is 46 ounces of pineapple juice. So 46 ounces of pineapple juice getting poured in there. Make sure you've got a pot big enough for it. Number one, you know, we've got to have a big enough pot. All right, that is it's a lot of liquid in there. It's got a nice, you know, full coloring. It's a, it's a, it's a, the apple cider and the orange juice with the pineapple juice are mixing together quite nicely. That's why I say you should go ahead and give it a quick little stir. All right, the next thing we've got to do is do our lemons. Now listen, don't be cheaping out and buying those uh, prepared lemon juices where you just squeeze it. Take the extra seconds, doves. Just do it, take the extra seconds and cut your lemons. and put them in your own little juicer and get your get your fresh squeezed lemon juice. You know, there's nothing like a good fresh squeezed lemon, no. And when you're done, you know, you could uh, throw the peels down your sink to give it a nice little freshness uh, with your garbage disposal and things. And my, these are very juicy lemons that I picked out. I'm very excited. Well, when I say I, I really should give the credit to Mitzi, but you know, she's on my list right now. Especially after I saw all of my pots and pans not put away correctly. So that's a problem. That's a huge problem. 
because you know Mrs. Claus likes her kitchen the right way, the way it should be. Now I've got my own little juicer here. I'm doing it by hand. Some of you might have like a professional juicer and that's all right too, but you know me, I like to go a little bit old school with my, with my recipes sometimes. And there's just nothing like squeezing a lemon out. You can even take out some frustrations, you know, if you want. You could even put in fresh orange juice, but again, you're gonna have to, to sift it quite well to make sure you get no pulp, so. And that can be some work. That can definitely be some work. So I'm working on the last lemon right now. It smells so nice and citrusy in me. In my kitchen, it really does. It smells nice and just delicate. And it's very nice. It's very, very nice. All right. We got one more part of the lemon to go. And then we'll have our fresh lemon juice that we can good, put in to the mixture. All right. Go ahead and pour that in. that. I love this little juicer I have. It's a, it's got a, it's got a plastic top and then a jar underneath for all the juice. Mm -hmm. Now, the next steps that we're going to do is we've got all of our liquid ingredients in, right? We've got all of our liquid ingredients. The next thing we've got to do is stir in our brown sugar. Now remember what I said. I said it's got to be a packed cup. That means you want to press all the way down on it and make it a real full cup of brown sugar. And when you put it in the pot, it'll pull in there like, a, like you know, a full chunky thing. But go ahead and stir it around and get that, that brown sugar. Just gives it that wonderful extra little taste that we all love so much. It's, it'll make it seem like it's thickening up, but it, it won't. I mean, it'll be better when it's over. So go ahead and give that a good spin around. While that's spinning, you want to go ahead and start prepping for the next part. So here's what we need to do because we've got to add a couple more things to it. But while, while we're cutting and prepping our fruit, we can go ahead and turn it on our stovetop. And what we want to do is we want to heat it on medium until it starts boiling. Now that's a lot of liquid in there. So it's going to take a while to boil, which is fine because we're going to be working on our um, fruit. So remember, we got two apples and an orange. We've got to quarter and cut them. And we also got to go ahead and do cinnamon sticks and cloves. Yeah, we're doing a lot. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Mrs. Claus, you said a cinnamon stick, not cinnamon. That's ground up and you're right. A cinnamon stick is the solid part of cinnamon. But listen, you're not going to eat it. You're not going to drink it. You're going to leave it in there because it's going to help steep in some of that wonderful, delicious cinnamon flavor mm, it's so good i you know one of the spices that i love to use most in the world is cinnamon because it's my favorite it just smells so good and so we can go ahead and start putting in our cinnamon sticks and let them float around and move around in there it just smells so lovely it's very fall and crisp like which you might think is a little bit weird because we're in the middle of winter but uh, trust me this is what you want to do. I got all of my cinnamon sticks in there, which is just such a lovely scent. 
It really is. It's very lovely. Okay, and I've got those floating around. Now I've got to put in my cloves. Now you've got to be careful with cloves. All right, we want to put in, you know, 12 whole cloves. All right. So you've got to look at the best ones, pick out the good ones, but just put in 12. 12 cloves. There's one, two, three. And I've got, well, that's a good one. Four, five, six. Nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Very good, very good. All right. We'll let those seep in there a little bit while they're stirring around with those delicious cinnamon sticks. All right, so now I'm going to go ahead and start working on my fruit. So I'm going to start with a Granny Smith first because it's one of my favorites. So remember to get your, um, your quarter out and, and scrape along the inside and get out all that, and then we're gonna cut it in quarters. Now, you don't need to cut off the rind or anything. You leave the outside on it. But here's the important thing. When you're putting your apples, because you're gonna put them all in the pot at the same time, you want to make sure that you try to keep the rind floating to the top of the surface, which seems a little odd, but It'll help get out some of those good juices, all right? So we're just gonna let it sit in there. We don't want to plop them in by any means. That's why I say it's okay to go ahead and uh, start preheating the stove now with your pot because it's not going to be hot enough. It's not gonna be boiling by the time, I almost dropped an apple. Uh, it's not going to be boiling by the time that you get over all your fruit in there, so. All right, the next one we got is our honey crisp apple, which is great. Cut that out, and we'll go ahead and get it cored first. It just seems to make it easier if you go ahead and get out the icky part on the inside, because you don't want seeds in this by all means. No, we don't want that at all. All right. Get it cut here. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to quarter it. We want quarter pieces of the apple um, in the dish. And, and again, remember, we want to make sure that we're keeping the skin of the apple on top of the water. Well, water, I don't know why I call it water, but on top of all the juice that we've created. Okay. Top of it all. All right. Go. This is a lovely scent coming right off of the bowl already. If you get a chance, you know, it just, it smells lovely. It really does. It's good. And here's the thing. It's going to make the whole house smell delicious too. All right. Now we've got our orange. We've got a navel orange and we're going to, again, we're going to leave the rind on, but we're going to quarter it and we'll uh, make sure that we don't got no seeds if we can. Oh, it's a lovely orange. Oh my, absolutely wonderful. <laughs> All right, you almost got too big of an orange here, but it'll work. It'll work, that's right. Well, there's a great show on TV with that wonderfully adorable man, Tim Gunn. He always says, make it work. And you know, he and I feel the same way about our kitchen as he as he feels about the workshop. 
you know, we'll make it work. So, all right, we've got it all in the pot. And really, that's all we've got to do, honestly. That's it. Um, I wish that, you know, we could have gotten through this a little bit faster because it was Mitzi's job to prep the kitchen. And clearly there's still a problem. Now, listen, here's what's going to happen. You've got to heat this up until it starts to boil. All right. Now you've got a big pot, so it's going to take a, quite a while. Once it starts to boil, though, you're going to reduce it, the heat down and you're going to simmer it. All right simmer it right we're going to reduce it down to a simmer and we're going to simmer it for one to two hours i know it seems like a lot of time it is a lot of time but listen you can work on other projects while you're making the wassail okay you can you can trust me you can because you don't you can come in and watch it but you want to simmer it so um here's what we're going to do my God, we're not going to make you wait all episode for it to simmer. So, of course, we're going to give you a little bit of a break and, uh, you know, give yourselves a little bit of a break while I go away and we let it uh, simmer uh, over the stove for our one to two hours. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to normally I would tell you a story or something like that to take up the time. But listen, I've had two cups of sherry already today. Cups. OK, cups. I have got to go have a conversation with Mitzi because she's supposed to be my kitchen helper and uh, clearly she doesn't know how to put up the damn pots. So, and, and again, she didn't have anything prepped, which is fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm professional and I can handle all of the little things that happen. But look, if you're going to be in my kitchen, you got to follow my rules. So, um, you know, we're going to take a break. All right. So we'll see you all back here in just a little bit of time. Mitzi! Back. You know, that didn't seem like two hours that long. You know, oh, Jesus. And we're back. You know, that didn't even seem like two hours, but uh, trust me, it was. You know, because apparently Mitzi's union rep had to be in, in our coaching conversation, so needless to say, I had to kick back a couple more glasses of sherry. Um, anyway. Uh, you know, I can't wait to try this with sale. Whew. So, okay, you know, you've let it simmer now for two hours or so. You know, about an hour and a half, two hours. It's kind of up to you. And uh, what you've got to do now is you've got to take your strainer. And, well, first you're going to take it off the heat. For right, you know, you want to get it off the heat. And then you've got to take your strainer and remove out all the fruit, your cinnamon sticks, and your cloves. So, it might be best... Oh, it's heavy. I'm going to tell you all right now, this smells like nothing I've ever made before. It is wonderful just to have all of these um, just delicious scents floating through the kitchen. So we've got to get all this uh, cooked fruit basically out. Now I have a little strainer, but it works perfectly when trying to get out all the, the, the fruit and things. And, um, you know, maybe you might want to try some of the apples afterwards. I don't know. That's, that's really up to you. I don't know uh, if you're weird like that, you know. But anyway, 
We have to get out all the apples and the oranges and... Oh, it's just, Yoro, it's so heavenly. Every time I scoop out something, I just get another little whiff of it. Mm. There is no words, honestly, to describe how genuinely delicious this actually is. And there is really not. There is not. It's, you know, um, another idea, everyone, is you might want to use uh, what's called a sieve. To help get out, you know, if you've got some fruit floating around or something. Um, that might help a little bit as well. Ugh. There is nothing like just cinnamon cooking. I don't know how else to describe it. I truly don't. I think I've got everything out. Okay. So we've got everything out. Now listen, you can serve it now. It's ready to go. There are several different things that you could do. Number one, I want you to know this. This is um, a really good recipe. So if you want and you, you made too much, you know, you can actually store this in your refrigerator for up to 10 days. And you can also serve it cold. So there are some people that like it cold. I'm going to tell you right now, I like it hot. Because <laughs> I do. Anyway. Okay. Um, you can also put liquor in it. And uh, let's face it, you know Mama's getting ready to. So um, the types of liquor that you can use are bourbon, brandy, and dark rum. You know, those are the kind of the best ones to use. And then you also, um, some people like to mix in a flavored liqueur of some kind or even a sweet red wine. Red wine. <laughs> red wine would uh, work too. Um, but I'm going to put in some bourbon, just straight bourbon, all right? Um, but how you do it, ooh, listen to that. Ooh, that smells delicious, that bourbon. I just opened the bottle. So what I would suggest so you don't get too cracked off your socks is um, just put a shot of bourbon in. So I've got my shot glass. It's from our trip to Bermuda. This was so many years ago when... Oh my god, I've got bourbon all over the damn floor. Okay. Oh, it's pouring all over everywhere. Alright. Anyway, so you take... <laughs> Mr. Claus and I went to Bermuda a couple uh, eons ago. It was wonderful when we actually could travel. So what you want to do is you want to put your shot of bourbon in your mug first. Alright, you want to put it in your mug first. And, and this way... Um, you can keep the wassail to be family friendly so that, you know, the little ones aren't having a wee bit of nippy nippy nips, you know. This is for the adults. But you can have the wassail for the kids while you and your friends have the, the, the good wassail. <laughs> Alright, now I'm going to go ahead and give it a quick good stare. Reminds me of making hooch back in the day. Not that I'll ever tell you that story, that's for sure. But you know, Mrs. Claus knows how to party. So I'm going to take my wassail. And I'm simply pouring it right over the bourbon to mix it up. Give it a special taste. You know, and I'm going to go ahead and mix it around now. Here is the other fun thing. If you're going to be serving this to your friends, if you want, go ahead and cut up an orange and put it into very thin slices and have it sitting on the top of it. Or if you wanted to, you can actually...
actually stir it around your cup with another cinnamon stick. Right? Because you can't go wrong with too much cinnamon, at least in my mind. Okay. I'm going to get ready to try it and see what it is because, you know, mm, you can't even smell the bourbon. Oh. Oh. Listen. There is nothing quite like a hot glass of wassail with a good bourbon under the bottom of it. Sip, ew, sipping through the cup. It's so good. It's so good. Listen, it's so good. Mm. <laughs> um, now, normally, I have a story about where this recipe came from, but let's be honest, Mom is tired. And she needs a break. And she's still got to let this cool enough so she can get it to one of the elves to take it to Sir Jason. He's going to pop on here in just a moment, let you tell you what he tastes with it as well. And he'll know to put the bourbon in. And uh, I'm going to sit back and drink this pot of wassail myself. That's right. You heard me say wassail myself because it is wahoo. It's a waha wassail. <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna go catch up on my stories. I got to find out what's happening with with uh, with Charlie and Trip on Days of Our Lives, and uh, you know, while I rest, I just hope that Missy doesn't for uh, screw up my kitchen again. So uh, until next, <coughs> until next time, <laughs> happy taste. Oh, I can't even get out my own catchphrase. Happy treat tasting. <laughs> Okay, so hello everyone. It's me, your host, Jason. And uh, Mrs. Claus did send me this uh, wassail or wassail. She let me know that it was all kinds of fruit stuff in it. And she told me to make sure I microwaved it to get it warmed up or I could put it over the stove and heat it slowly. It doesn't matter. She told me that I needed to put a shot of bourbon into the bottom of the mug and then pour the wassail over it, which I've done. So here we go. I'm going to try... We'll sail for the first time, just like I tried eggnog in one of our past episodes, too. So here we go. Okay, so right away, I'm going to tell everybody, it smells heavenly. And um, you can barely smell the bourbon, but it definitely has that bourbon smell. But you smell cinnamon and apples and oranges uh, quite. They're very, very fragrant. It's a it's a wonderful scent. Uh, very, very wonderful scent. All right. Now, she said I could put a cinnamon stick in it. I'm not going to do all that fancy stuff because I just want to try it. So here we go. Man. Mm. Let me tell you something. I... That is good. (laughs) That is... That is some... That is tasty. I... Wish... (laughs) that I could see my friends right now and we could have a wassail party. And, um, man, this is delicious. I may have to make a pot of wassail for uh, my annual Christmas party if I get to have it next year. This is so good. I hope everybody tries the recipe. It's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. And I know that you can put rum in it and um, other kinds of liquors. So who knows? I may try some other stuff, but um, I am down for this, um, 
this is delicious. So uh, until next time, I'll see if I can get the catchphrase for her. Happy, happy treat tasting, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of Classic or Not So Classic Christmas Special. We have my extra guesty bestie co-host Kyle on today. Hi, Kyle. Hi. Um, Kyle has been on Gabbing with Jason, the other podcast. And I was like, oh, gosh, I need a guest for today. So I gave you literally no notice. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I gave you three... <laughs> choices of Christmas specials and I don't know why but I feel like you chose the absolute worst one possible oh yeah I'm pretty sure I did based on the title alone so let's just um let's just get right into this today's classic or not so classic special which I feel like we've already given a spoiler out <laughs> is called a cosmic Christmas or a tale of interstellar love between a goose and a flying morphine golden sperm, or when drugs came to Canada. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, A Cosmic Christmas premiered on December 4th in 1977 on CBC television, and we both chuckled loudly at its claim to fame, which was, it was submitted for the Best Animated Short Academy Award. It was not nominated and no. uh, clearly did not win. At least the... I think the Academy had good taste back in the 70s. Yeah. I so. feel like if, if A Cosmic Christmas is what the Academy takes as a submission, <laughs> uh, you and I could take an iPhone and follow a duck around a park and also submit that. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's goal for 2021. We can probably still get in the eligibility period because they pushed yeah. it back. And we, we can have just to edit it. Yeah. I think maybe because of COVID, maybe they'll allow YouTube as a exhibitor. So oh. <laughs> um with the cast of this movie, um, my notes literally say no one cares. No. There's no one. Th there's nobody that um I personally feel is noteworthy. Um, Watch it have like a huge star in Canada and we're just yeah. <laughs> ripping it. And now my Canadian listeners, which I hope there are some, are probably like, I'm never listening to this show again. <laughs> That's a classic in our country. No, it's oh, not. No. Um, here's why I know it's not. It was only released on VHS. So <laughs> I think you can buy it on Amazon. Um, like digital for I, when I think I looked it up, it was the low price of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, but it came in standard definition and with no special features. That literally means somebody is burning it onto a DVD themselves. <laughs> I think it was digital, not DVD. Oh, it's digital. Oh God. Do you want this for Christmas? I'll spend nineteen ninety nine on you. <laughs> no, because I was going to do the same for you. 
<laughs> yeah. What a horrible representation of our friendship. Yeah, five standard uh, definition for 1999. Oh, we can create a watch party and chat with others. <laughs> I'm good. That's what we should do for all these episodes is just live watch a show. Yeah. Um, First thoughts, I'm going to give mine out and try to edit as much as possible. <laughs> I mean, we can cuss on this show, so it's fine, but <laughs> I just wrote WTF in the first 15 seconds when I realized that this kid is walking around with his best friend, which is a goose named Lucy. And um, I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of cartoons. I hate this animation style so much. I hate it. Yeah, I did. I mean, I grew up with a little bit. Um, it reminded me of like Inspector Gadget, but bad. Like, yeah, if there was a dollar store version of Inspector Gadget and it was Canadian, <laughs> and I feel bad, I'm like ripping Canadians, and I always want to go to Canada, but I don't know about after watching this. Um, but yeah, no, the the animation was was terrible. It was like some of the characters were were super defined, mm-hmm. right? Like some of them were drawn really, really well. And then a lot of the other ones, it, it made no sense. Like some characters were drawn like actual people. And then some other ones that were supposed to be people were drawn like moving blobs. It, it made no sense. And, and I, I don't know. This is my biggest pet peeve with the whole movie. Nobody's wearing shoes because they're they're all it's like they forgot to draw the shoes or they didn't want to spend the time to draw the shoes. So everybody's running around in like onesies with like footy pajamas. That's what I want to say. Footy yeah. pajamas. Like it makes no sense. Like there's just I know it was the seventies and bell bottoms were in, but my God, you could still see people's shoes. If they if they would have added the shoes, that would have gotten them the Oscar nomination. <laughs> that was the technicality. They're like, no shoes, you're out, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> no one's walking around in the snow without shoes. <laughs> Never mind that the goose is a best friend. Like, I don't know how much experience you've had with these, but if I were to put a sweater on one, that would be a trip to the emergency room. Oh my god, I just don't get it. All right. I mean, it is Canada, so maybe they have friendly geese there. I don't. <laughs> no geese or goose has ever been friendly. When I went to college at one of our local campuses, we and we always got emails every day. It was like, please avoid the geese on campus. They will attack you. And it was every day I yeah. walked to class and a goose was attacking a student. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went to that same institution. <laughs> God, it's so awful. Anyway, well, I guess since we've, we've already talked about the goose, we will start with our plot synopsis and just kind of walk everybody through. Oh, I, what... I guess I should oh. say uh, my first reaction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my first thought was, Kyle, you need to learn how to say no when Jason asks you to do something. <laughs> and then that was quickly followed up with a WTF as well. like first five seconds yeah it's i rewound it because i was confused i I started in the middle because it starts off on the inside of a spaceship yeah in some weird like i also feel like you could watch this high and maybe that's 
was the intent. That was, I mean, it was the 70s. So yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, maybe you were supposed to be a little, maybe tripping on acid or something. But uh, then we kind of have like the Canadian version of how from 2001, a space odyssey, like saying that they're <laughs> landing on earth. I like that. It said to earth day, December <laughs> December 24th. 24th. <laughs> just in case no other human character could say it, <laughs> which would make sense. Yeah. But we get this slow pan to earth, which is a, it's like an animation trope where it's like they'll zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, Mm -hmm. zoom in, zoom in 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 frames, but nothing's really clear. And then there's this edit that I've never seen in the show. Yeah. It's like, it's not even a second. All of a sudden you're just jarred into a cut of Christmas shoppers, literally being the worst human beings ever. (laughs) There's like the guy that looks like the lion from wizard of Oz that has a (laughs) stuffed animal of a lion that looks like himself. <laughs> He's like yelling about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then we get to meet Peter. Oh, the Peter. lead kid. I Here's my other thing. I don't understand the age of the kids in this. Because I feel like they were no. Like I thought Peter was. I think he's supposed to be about 11. Maybe 12. Yeah. Maybe. You think he's supposed to be younger? I can't understand. First of all, he has a best friend that's a damn goof. So there's a problem with development anyway. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how old he is supposed to be. There's no like real. Maybe if he had shoes, I could tell. But he's walking around in, in pretty pajamas. So um, so like he's in the store and he's looking for Lucy. And we realize that when he gets outside, Lucy's a goose. With a sweater. The and sweater hat. and hat combo. But no and shoes. No shoes. The, no, nobody gets shoes. It is a very anti-shoe show. Um, it was a very festive sweater and hat combo. It was very, uh, very nice. A light, uh, a, um, a light purple, almost uh, a a um, like gosh, a magenta. Is was it magenta? Uh, mine was purple. Now <laughs> we could have watched two different versions. I don't know. <laughs> and then. The kids walking through, and we start to meet some of the side characters that either are important or have no importance. Um, we meet the mayor, mm-hmm. who I think his name was John Mimbley. Yeah, I don't even know. I didn't even know he was a mayor until the very end. Me either. Whenever he's Me like, either. as long as I'm mayor of this town, I'm like, oh, that's who you are. Okay. The only reason, Kyle, that I figured out he was the mayor is I had to go back and watch it again to make sure that I had the timeline right, uh-huh. which, by the way, I'm real mad about that I had to watch it a second time. Uh, I mean, I did watch it a second time, too, whenever you're like, <laughs> you should take notes. I'm like, yeah, I should. <laughs> my note is I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> and then we come to one of my favorite scenes is where we meet Santa Joe, which is like <laughs> he's a he's a he's a bell ringing Santa um, super thin, the beard is hanging off, and Santa Joe literally could give two shits about his job because yeah. he's just like, Merry Christmas, help the unfortunate, Merry Christmas, help the unfortunate. He's like, quarter for me, quarter for, me. <laughs> <laughs> for the unfortunate. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, help the unfortunate. How's it going, Sandy Joe? Not so fine, Peter. Well, Merry Christmas anyway. Help the unfortunate. 
And then we meet the local town bullies. Yeah. Um, who only, I think, have one name, one character's name. I couldn't think of, I couldn't find any of the names. Yeah, I don't think the they're just there. Yeah. Well, so they start making fun of him and they talk very 70s. They're like, oh, get out of here, man. Yeah. And, and they like, threw a snowball yeah, like, at his face. <laughs> and then um, Peter and, but, notices yeah. They're like on the street and, you know, but then they're like, oh, we're going to have foie gras for, for Christmas. <laughs> I have a note about that later. <laughs> so Peter looks up at the, no, Peter's looking at an inside of a store window yeah. at me, honestly, one of the worst nativity scenes <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. And I don't know why you would put that in your store window. No. Um, And the star starts to move and he looks up in the sky and he sees basically the alien spaceship. And the stars moving across the sky, and he starts trying to tell random people, and nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> clearly Peter is not liked in this town. Nobody cares. And then we meet the maybe chief he's of younger than eleven because they brush him off. Really, yeah. like I don't know. Again, he's like confusing. Nine? Maybe I don't know. Well, because I said the 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 homeless teens. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. Because yeah. they look like super old teenagers in the beginning, and then towards the end, they. Look they like don't. Twelve year olds. Yeah. Um. So we meet the police chief, and I believe his name is Snurt. <laughs> okay. And I didn't um, even get that. No. Well, I'm trying to be a good, you know, host. And my note says Peter tries to tell random people, and the police chief Snurt, and no one cares much like me watching this special. <laughs> don't you love the amount of tickets? that the police chief is putting on that car. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. I'm like, I think they get the message, sir. Sir. One is enough. Maybe two. Yeah. Maybe two. And then the homeless teens start to make fun of Peter uh, because he says he saw the spaceship. And my favorite is the fat one who (laughs) his shirt's all torn. Yeah. He's like, are you seeing Rudolph? (laughs) Oh, and then there's the one that, like, turns green. Like, he makes a face, and then the lighting somehow changes, and he's green. It doesn't make any sense. And then, I don't even know how they get in the skerfuffle. Um, they land on the goose. The, the, one of the, the one that turned green landed on Lucy the goose. He, like, fell on the goose. Yeah, and then it did that awful thing they do in animation where, like, to show the fight, it's like... Oh, what's the character from Peanuts? Oh, uh, Pigpen. Yes. It's like that dust cloud. And then it's like, oh, head pop out here. Yeah, it makes no sense. Because it's like, it's a, I called it, what did I call it? A a cartoon brawl. Uh And all of a sudden, it's like one kid fighting Lucy the goose, which just makes no sense. And then all the other kids get sucked into fighting Lucy. (laughs) And then Peter just casually reaches in and grabs Lucy in the dust. And he's like, well, let's go home. <laughs> but, and then we get this scary, like, panning shot of the lead kind of asshat, Marvin, who is, I guess, our villain, our token Christmas villain is Marvin. Yeah. And 
it pans on his face and he looks like he's ready to literally murder somebody. <laughs> and I was like, how old are you supposed to be? And why are they fighting a goose? That's it! <laughs> oh, my note says it's four to a goose. <laughs> my money's on that goose, though, honestly. Oh, yeah. Lucy's kind of badass. Yeah. Like, So then we get our first of two background songs finally oh, playing. God. <laughs> because it doesn't even really start with music. It's just... There was like a little like weird like that like sci-fi like eerie kind of music at the beginning mm-hmm. with uh during the WTF scene. Yeah. Um and then there's like a hard switch to like the type of music I hate from the 70s. <laughs> well, I don't know what the song was called, so I listened to the lyrics, which were awful. And um, I decided that we're going to call this song, Why Can't They Look to the Sky? Because that was the, the lady singing like, why does anybody believe me? Why can't they look to the sky? I Meanwhile, <laughs> Peter and Lucy, the goose, decide to make snow angels. Uh-huh. And I was like, the goose is laid on its back trying to make a snow angel. Yeah. I don't think geese are supposed to ever be on their backs. Probably not. And then I love, this is one of my favorite parts of the scene, like in the mo- in the whole, not movie, but show. After them, there's a random rabbit that I think was obviously added as an afterthought after someone watched it. And, like, there is an executive note, like, we need a rabbit. We need, like, a Bugs Bunny-type character to just randomly appear throughout this show. (laughs) I hate that rabbit. Yeah. Because it does randomly pop up. Just, Just, like, out of nowhere. And that's the thing, like, I don't understand this cartoon because it's, it, it acts like it's a, I get that it's about aliens, right? So you have to suspend some disbelief, but the story writing and the animation don't make any sense when you start, like, Lucy's wearing a sweater, but Lucy still acts like a goose, mm-hmm. but the rabbit acts like a, like, literally like Bugs Bunny. Like, he has outfit changes, he... <laughs> He appears on, like, a mantle. I think he has a suitcase Mm -hmm. at one time. Like... Yeah, it just it's like, you have to choose. Are your animals supposed to have human characteristics, or are they going to be animals? Mm -hmm. You can't have it both ways. I I think the rabbit was was a dumb idea. I don't think it made any sense. (laughs) And I don't think it should have been there. Because it it takes... This is my... I'm gonna stand up for Lucy the Goose. Yeah. Lucy's the star. Yeah. Don't upstage the star. No. I'm waiting for that Lucy Funko pop character. Oh, God. If they can make a Lucy the Goose. Literally. If there's a customizer out there, make me a Lucy the Goose. Oh, I would I would put that out every Christmas. Every Christmas. Um, I love that you love the rabbit. God, I hate 
hating it. I was like, I hope he doesn't forget the rabbit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I then, love it because it's so stupid. And... It's so dumb. <laughs> so then the spaceship lands in front of Peter and it's the lamest spaceship we ever see. It's an it orb. Is the, like it's it's literally an orb. It's a solid black circle. <laughs> I was like, did we run out of budget? And they're like, well, hey, let's just paint a black circle on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be easy to, 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 to animate in. It makes no sense. No. The inside that we saw at the beginning makes you think this is going to be some epic spaceship. Uh-huh. And then, like, the door opens. And <laughs> it's like a move, like, like the magic carpet from Aladdin. Like, it, it moves and creates a staircase. Uh-huh. And this is where we meet our three aliens who you would think because it's called a cosmic Christmas would play a much bigger role. No, they don't. I did find their names. Oh, it wasn't one like Pluton. It's Plutox. Plutox. Lexicon. Oh. And Almafor. <laughs> which, uh, by the way, is your new nickname. Oh. You will forever be known as Almathor the rest of my life. <laughs> I've already changed your name in my phone. Awesome. <laughs> when I introduce you the next time we're at work, I'm like, and this is Almathor. <laughs> Please make sure you call him by his full name. He does not want to be called Alma. It is Almathor. <laughs> and they come with, <laughs> as I texted you about it, they come with this golden sperm creature <laughs> that swims kind through the like, air. Like a robot, I guess? Well, that's what it, I thought, but it doesn't make any sense. But yes, it's very metallic looking. And it's it literally is a sperm. I'm not kidding. There's no other way to describe this no. thing because it's a it's, it's like a ball, but with a squiggly little tail. And it like uses that squiggly little tail to propel itself through the air. Mm-hmm. And it is smitten. Oh yeah, with Lucy. But can you blame it? Blame no, it? no, because Lucy no. is the star. Yeah, uh, it really should have just been called Lucy the Goose. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> <laughs> A rom com of the seventies, <laughs> and um, it starts to flirt with Lucy, <laughs> which I was like, "What's happening here?" But it is. It was the hat and sweater combo. I think oh, yeah. it was confused. Like, yeah. Um, but it loves Lucy. And so Plutox, Lexicon, and Alathor, uh tell Peter that they're on a mission to investigate. Um, they use a lot of words that are annoying and don't make sense. But basically, they're, <laughs> they're there to, to investigate the star of Bethlehem, but they're like, you know, yeah, a, almost 2,000 years late. This um, <laughs> I know they're the most functional aliens ever. <laughs> um, this is also where some of my favorite quotes are. Um, so I know we're going to talk about that. I don't know if you want to talk about that now. No, or go right ahead. ahead. Go right ahead. If we're so ahead. Go right I ahead. love how whenever the aliens first, you know, arrive, Peter's like super scared and he's hiding. And then he just decides like, I'm just going to go up and talk to them. And he's like, hi, I'm Peter. I'm from here. Well, over there. <laughs> <laughs> like okay and um i mean nothing's gonna hook a child like the aliens whenever they're describing why they're here and um my favorite quote 
Our scientists have recently detected 2,000 years ago Earth time and the 79th of Mervent, a transitory celestial phenomenon of the Mervillian class. I hate that you wrote it out word for word. I just had to because I'm just like, what? Hi, I'm Peter. That's Lucy. I live here. Over there. I... I guess you don't understand. Do not be afraid, young man. That is not so. We are equipped to identify, comprehend, and speak all languages known. Hello, how do you do? I am fine. Oh, I'm fine too, I guess. Lucy? Our scientists have recently detected 2,000 years ago Earth time in the 79th Mervent, a transitory celestial phenomenon of the Merbundian class. Huh? What Plutarch is trying to say is that in the heavens visible to many worlds, there appeared for a brief time a great star which manifests itself in the heavens. Oh, you must mean the star of Bethlehem. Star of Bethlehem? I literally have a tear by I'm crying. I can't believe you wrote it out word for word. Yeah, so that's what I look for in a you know a children's Christmas special is you know that easily accessible language. Well, like they tried so hard with that, <laughs> but nowhere else did we care. We yeah. focus specifically on this. I don't get it. I don't get it. And Peter, I guess basically comes to an understanding in his own whatever age, 9 to 11 or 13 or however old he's supposed to be. He comes to his own thing and he says, oh, you're here to understand Christmas. Which... Because the the 79th Mervent, a transistory (laughs) celestial phenomenon of the Mervulian class, Peter assumes is the star of Bethlehem because it happened 2,000 years ago. On this night. Yes. Um, so yeah, and he tells them, oh, you must be here to learn about Christmas. And they're like, what's Christmas? And he's like, oh, it's about love, peace, caring for others. And so the aliens all agree to learn about it. Now, two of the aliens pretty much look exactly the same almost, right? And then there's the one that you, I figured out who you were talking about. Yeah. His, would you, how do you, how do you describe this other alien? Um, his face resembles that of testicles. Um, (laughs) And he's also the one that that quoted with that quote. Yes, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's Plutox. I don't. Yeah, know. that is Plutox. It's Plutox. Yeah. Okay. Plutox. So now we're finally like getting to the 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 meat and potatoes of this special. All right, <laughs> and I use that term "special" in quotes. Peter decides to take the aliens around his hometown to show them Christmas. And he takes them to a local store to show them what Christmas looks like. And he shows them that horrible (laughs) nativity scene. Mm -hmm. And then the owner of the store, I don't understand. He opens the door and all this stuff falls out and he kicks it back in and locks the door and gets caught. A wreath around his neck, but his face? I don't know. Yeah. And he starts yelling to some guy who's walking by going, hey, did you hear about the aliens? And he's like, oh, it sounds like a publicity stunt from that new store in town trying to take my business. Yeah. And my favorite lines in this entire thing is the alien 
goes. Is this love, Peter? Is this love, Peter? <laughs> oh, and anytime I, re- I remember what I was going to say, anytime they say Christmas, it's like Christmas. Like, <laughs> they have a very, like, distinct accent on there. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I love that. I, I wrote them all down, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Feel free to interject them as yeah. we go. Um, then Peter's like, oh, well, let's go talk to the mayor and Chief Snurt because they are all about mm-hmm. Christmas. And so they go and the mayor and Chief Snurt are dealing with all these people calling in saying they saw an alien spaceship land. And the mayor is literally losing his shit. And one of my favorite scenes is like the chief of police is on the phone and he gets out a tube of brute <laughs> hair <Yeah>. gel <laughs> and starts doing his hair while he's on the phone and the aliens say is this christmas mm-hmm. peter is this peace, peter peter yeah <laughs> because the mayor just wants everything to just keep calm and he's very not calm whenever he says it He says it a lot during the special for me not realizing he was the yeah. mayor until like you said at the end when he was like, as long as I'm mayor. Yeah. So I think he- you could turn this into a drinking game. Anytime oh. <laughs> you hear the word Peter or calm. <laughs> <laughs> or Lucy. <Holmes>. Yes. <laughs> so then for some reason, Peter decides that they should go, Oh, they hear a lot of noise coming from the homeless kids hangout, Mm -hmm. I guess. And they sneak up on them and the homeless kids are talking about what they're going to pretend to have for Christmas dinner. And I think you mentioned it. One of them says, yeah, we're going to have like roasted goose and foie gras. And at that point, Marvin, our lead dickhead goes, wait, say that again. And she's like, foie gras. (laughs) He's like, no, after that, she's like, Roasted goose, light He's bulb like, moment. Yeah, that sounds great. And he takes out a switchblade. Yes, this is also in my favorite scenes. <laughs> and you're like, does this kid have a switchblade? And he flips it open, and it's a switchblade comb. <laughs> but then he has this murderous look in his eyes, and he starts talking about how he basically wants to kill Lucy yeah. Meter. And then <laughs> Lucy cries. And the aliens ask, is, is this caring? Oh, I miss, yeah, caring, Peter. And then we hit my favorite scene, 100%. The golden sperm really wants to make Lucy happy. So it morphs into a bunch of inanimate objects and then slowly becomes like a robot yeah. person. And and starts to dance and with... Like, Lucy. didn't it morph into a top hat, too? Yeah. Yeah, it was so bizarre. And it starts, and, and now Lucy, you can tell Lucy's in love now. Lucy is down. Lucy's down. It won her over. <laughs> She's like, you know what? You're a golden sperm. 
I oh my oh my god, I just figured it out. Kyle. <laughs> The the, the 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 Jack and the Beanstalk. There's the goose that laid the golden egg. <laughs> Lucy is the goose, and it's because she gets together with the golden yeah. sperm. There you go. I I'm not even trying to be funny. This literally just came to me. This makes so much sense. Do you think that's what they were trying for? They're like, I, oh, this. I, I wonder if people will put this together. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's what they were going for. <laughs> I think there's too much thought behind that theory. I'm right. <laughs> so then Peter decides to take the aliens to his house and we meet his And parents. they say, have we come to Christmas, Peter? <laughs> and so, oh, and, and, and Granny's there. And I love that that's how she's known mm-hmm. in the cast, by the Granny. way. It's just Granny. And um, they have like the world's weirdest, tiniest Christmas tree, but like a thousand presents that come yeah. with the tree. And then Granny's like making stuff, and they're like, "You don't make gifts, Granny. You buy them." And she, Granny, comes back with says, "You don't yeah. buy Christmas," which I kind of liked. I liked that there was a little message. There. Yeah. At the same um, time, Granny's the one like when the kid wants the PS Five, and then you get a a poorly knitted sweater for Christmas. <laughs> I like that you had to add poorly knitted. <laughs> so um, Peter comes in and also, he, he's like, Dad, they realize to- that Peter's been missing for like hours. And they're like, do you think he tried to track down the aliens? Yeah, they don't really care no. about their kid. So Peter comes home and he says, I brought um, guests for Christmas. And his dad's like, who are you talking about? He's like, well, I met these strangers. And I like that the dad is like, how many times have I told you not to talk to strangers? But he can't even get it all the way out because the yeah. aliens walk in. And then Peter's like, Granny, tell us about Christmas from the past or the olden days. And Granny starts telling them about Christmas and how they decorated. And while she's doing this, we get our second background song, which I've decided to call The Way That Christmas Used mm-hmm. To Be. Tell them what Christmas was like in the old <laughs> Oh my. When I was a young girl, Christmas was the happiest time of the year for everyone. My father would search for a tree in the forest and bring it home to us. Land sakes, it would touch the ceiling. We um, made all our decorations in those days, stringing popcorn, tying little red bows on the limbs of the tree. Oh, goodness gracious, it was so beautiful. You mean like this?
during this, Plutox, the testicle one, starts glowing, um, starts glowing and starts making all of this magical Christmas decorations appear and dancing gingerbread and food and uh, all this stuff. Which is very nice. It's kind of it was kind of nice. I mean, Granny talking about like how they used to have Christmas yeah. was kind of cool. Like I didn't mind. That. Um, during this though, Peter lets Lucy outside because he has to get some firewood or something, and so the golden sperm goes out there too, uh, where they. <laughs> I just read my own note. It says, <laughs> "Lucy and the golden sperm go outside to have some alone time, where the sperm literally blows on her ass to excite her." Because the sperm literally blows on Lucy's tail. <laughs> oh, I'm um, crying. I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I feel dumb. like I need to go back and rewatch um, that now. Yeah, you do. You've got to. Yeah, because I, I, again, watched it twice, laughed both times. All the while, not knowing that Asshat Marvin is hiding in mm-hmm. the wood pile, which, okay. And he's staring and watching this uh, courting ritual between <laughs> Lucy and the golden yeah. sperm. He's he literally looks like a peeping tom. And then he grabs Lucy and kidnaps her and bikes off. Like he uses his, his bike weird on bike. the snow. On the snow, which makes no sense because it's a bike, like an actual bicycle. Uh, so then Peter hears all the commotion. He runs outside and he chases after Lucy and Marvin. And then Granny and the parents start running after them. With I get the aliens were kind of in tow, I think, but yeah. not really. And then we pan to the town folk, Chief Snurt and Mayor loses his shit all the time. That guy <laughs> outside the alien spaceship telling the aliens that they have until the count of ten to um come out. I, I had a note about this, and I don't know if you're going to have to edit it out or not. I said, um, this is when the MAGA crowd showed up at the spaceship. Oh, I'll leave that in. Because <laughs> there, uh, there was a red hat. There was, there was yeah. a red hat. <laughs> so then Marvin crashes into the crowd a little bit with the goose and is running, and then Peter's like, stop, thief. And then, like, the dad's like, thief, and then Granny's and running then through. And then that's what got the attention of the the police chief. All you have to do is, is say thief. Yeah, because he's like, yo, that sounds... He even says that's more like it. And then, <laughs> oh. best costume ever is his alarm hat. Siren hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. He puts on, like, a siren um, light that you would put on the top mm-hmm. of a car. He puts it on his head. <laughs> I don't think it made a sound. No, I don't think so. I think it just lit up. Just yeah. it's just lit up. So everybody goes running after him, after them, and then I'm really confused. I don't still understand what happened, and I watched it twice. Somehow Marvin falls. He gets onto a lake. I guess it's supposed to be yeah, a lake. It literally says it's like lake. a frozen over lake. And, yeah, so he's on the lake with Lucy. The ice breaks. He falls into the uh, into the water. Lucy like squirts out of his arms. And I was like, you're a goose. I'm pretty sure you're okay with that yeah. water, but whatever. So he's yelling for help. And then Peter decides to be, I don't know, a good person. Because and... it's Christmas. <laughs> and he goes to rescue him. But then 
again, it makes no sense. Somehow, the weight of Marvin barely touching Peter pulls him into uh-huh. the water. And I do think this got really dark because basically you're you're you will almost watch Marvin yeah. drown because you see him under the yeah. Ice there was almost. like that underwater shot, and that's that's whenever you said they didn't have any shoes, I was like, oh yeah, because he had like stars on his feet on the bottom of his one yeah from his pants. And then the, the the parents and the townspeople form a human chain while the mayor stands on the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they realize they can't reach the kids because there's not enough. So Meanwhile, the their weight are up isn't, you know, affecting the ice at all. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, you've got seven, ten uh, full-grown adults, and some of them clearly have not missed Christmas dinner ever. <laughs> yeah. But the ice is staying solid. And then I think the aliens are on top of the bridge watching yes. everything. And, 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 and they can't help because they can't, they're only there to observe. Yeah, they're only there. So to don't observe. be afraid of them. <laughs> but then eventually they decide to yes. help out. And when they do, they pull the two kids to and the city. Which this is, this is where I have a problem with this I show. I have a similar I have problem. <laughs> But here, all of a sudden, Marvin does not look like a teenager anymore. It's like they regressed him back to like 11 or or however old Peter is. They're now the same height. He looks younger. It makes no sense to me. That's why I was really confused the whole time. The second time, I was like, how old is he supposed to be? Yeah. So I have a different problem. Um, But I think I have a reason for why they do that. So my problem is, you know, the aliens decide to help out. And we've seen that, you know, they have all these powers, so they could have just easily lifted them out of the water. But no, they go and join hands with the town folk. I guess maybe because it's Christmas. Um, (laughs) Your issue with Marvin, I think maybe they're trying to make you feel bad for Marvin, because then they're like, oh, lock him up, put him in jail. Why would he steal? Yeah, when you said magic round, that's all I could think of now is they kept chanting, lock him up. <laughs> yeah. But they do. You're right. So the townsfolk, they meet the aliens, number one. And then two, they all start flipping out on Marvin until they learn that he doesn't have any food. Which, I don't think they really learn it. They just kind of come yeah, to that Yeah, they're like, why would they basically. want a goose? Well. Yeah. How can there not be food at Christmas? Yeah, that was the thing. Like, how can nobody have food at Christmas? And I was like, are you kidding? Is this really? So they decide to basically have a large Christmas meal with Marvin and the other homeless kids. All at Peter's house, which makes no sense that the entire yeah. town fits. Because it's super house. tiny. <laughs> they only it have room tiny. for a, a one-foot tree. But, <laughs> but yeah, the whole town... <laughs> Not excluding um, the note. rabbit that shows up, I think, with a suitcase and a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping we never brought the rabbit back up again. No, we have to just randomly drop the rabbit in like they do in the show. <laughs> I hate the rabbit. Um, I have a note here. So during this party, the homeless teen girl whose name we never yeah. Th- this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. It was really uncomfortable. Because she starts flirting with the chief of police. And she's like, hey, big boy, can I see your badge? Yeah, that was... 
And again, I question how old are they supposed to be? But no matter how old, I mean, they'd still be teenagers. So, (laughs) yeah, it was gross. (laughs) And then she gets him to give her his badge, and she the first of all, the badge is like massive. It makes no sense. Like that is not something you want to carry around. (laughs) I feel like it would slow you down during the chase. And she flings the uh, angel to Marvin, who it looks like he's thinking about stealing it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. For a second. And then Marvin throws it to the top of the tree. And it becomes this new tree that shows up out of nowhere, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes the star on the tree. And then the aliens, like, sneak out, basically. Yeah. And take off on their ship. And so everybody goes outside. Well, no, I think the dad realizes that Peter and Marvin are missing. Yes. Yes. And. Which now I guess they're besties. I guess traumatic experiences will will do that to you, I guess. I don't know. It was uncomfortable. And then they. And then, yeah, so they're outside. They watch the spaceship blast off. And it made no. (laughs) This is dumb. I'm sorry. It's dumb. This is one of the dumbest things in this, and I can't. I mean, I, we're almost at the end, everybody, because this. I was like, well, you know, the rest of it was pure shit, so why not just have the ending be <laughs> shitty? Too? When the ship takes off, it it, it makes no sense because it's a giant circle. But when it takes off, it leaves behind like a fireworks yeah. scene or like sparks that turn into the angel that Granny made. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, 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 I don't, I don't get it. it like, if they would have shot a rocket that would do that, that that would make a little more cartoony sense. But they didn't. They just Yeah, off. didn't someone give one of the aliens an angel? Was it a granny? No, it was okay. Granny. It was granny. I guess that's their Christmas gift in return. Because they've now learned about Christmas. <laughs> and then we get another round of Why Can't They Look to the Skies? As we end, because apparently that is the theme song for A Cosmic Christmas. It is about 25 minutes long, and in my opinion, it was 23 minutes longer than it Yeah, because I was like, well, it's about 23 minutes long. And I was like, okay, surely I'm about five to seven minutes into this. It was like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those where you're like, ooh, man, this is not... This is rough. Now, what I appreciate, because I, I was reminding you yesterday that I was like, hey, don't forget. And you're like, oh, I'm watching it. Because I think I yelled at you for picking <laughs> this movie. Now, granted, all you had to go on was the title, yeah. right? Because I said, don't look it up. Just go by the title. Um, and I hadn't looked it up. I just have a list of shows that I, you can easily find. And we watch this on YouTube because we are not paying $19.99 <laughs> on Amazon. And you had done some additional research on this, which I think you're one of the first guests. Yeah, so after, I was just like, I need to find out about what I just watched. And that's when I also learned that it was submitted for the animated short Oscar. Um, But I also found some reviews. So... Please read some reviews. Um, So these are some pretty big names and titans of the, you know, film criticism. So first review was, um, I like Cosmic Christmas because it was about Christmas. That's from Sean Knight. Uh, How old was Sean, do we think? Um, (laughs) Judging by the the handwriting on the the postcards that I found, um, Uh probably it's a 
it's actually pretty good handwriting. Maybe like 11, 12. Okay. Oh, yeah. Peter. Baby. Okay. Um, next one is, I like the boy and his goose the best. That's a glowing <laughs> review from Stacy Markle. I wonder if it's Stacey any places. relation to Megan. <laughs> um, next one, um, you'd be best friends with with um, Brad Moore because yeah. his glowing review said, "A Cosmic Christmas." I like the part when that little toy turned into a hat. So apparently it was a toy. Oh, yeah, way too to realize what that was. <laughs> um, and I think probably the, the best review um, from the legendary Debbie Campbell. <laughs> I liked the whole film. It was nice. It makes me wonder what they had to compare it to. I don't know. Like, if you, if you like, had to, they're like, hey, watch this and then compare it to watching paint dry. <laughs> Which one did you it's like, like more? Um, have you seen on Netflix um, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch? Okay, you need to watch it. It's really good. But there's a part wherever they, um, um, they have like a group of kids. So it's, it's like their spoof on like the 70s, like kind of like after school program that you'd find on like PBS. Uh And um, so there's a whole bunch of kids and there's a part where it's like a test group of kids after they screen, like whatever fake movie, it's like the fifth sequel of whatever franchise. And it's kind of on the same basis as those reviews. Okay. I will check it out. Yeah. Cause I can't, I just, I'm when you showed me those, I was like, who, what what did you give this children? Yeah, to and I think it was on the. It looks like the album, like it was somehow they made a soundtrack, like maybe a, from the, the the two songs, right? Which they could have because I love old Christmas albums, and I have found um, soundtrack albums. Like I have uh, an old Scooby Doo uh-huh. recording on record where they, I I think. I don't know. They just basically did an episode of Scooby-Doo and put it on an ep- on a record. So that would make sense. Um, did you find any gay or hidden gay characters that you thought fell within our, with, with, within the LGBT? Um, I would say maybe on like a superficial level, um, the mayor because of his coat. <laughs> I, I picked him because he was very, um, flamboyant yeah. almost. He was, very extra in a way like and and let's be honest when we look at these shows that were made anytime before Mm -hmm. today uh, most characters and that's why I bring this up and why we have this on this part of this as the show is that most characters were either put in for laughs or put in as a like a nod so that people could recognize somebody in that show so yeah I I have the mayor as well also the the aliens I don't know if you you saw um aliens were kind of dressed like if you saw Lady Gaga's outfit from the Capitol not from the inauguration but like the day before Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) but I could yeah yeah it would make sense but yeah okay well now we come to our two our two biggest questions Uh Kyle um, 
how many rainbow candy canes would you give this? Uh, one to five, with five being that this is amazing and one being that this uh, was not amazing. So I don't know. It's kind of one that I feel like everyone should watch at some point. <laughs> have that experience. Um, but I would probably say one. Um, but like specifically, it would be a candy cane that was like 90% off because it was just like completely crushed in the plastic wrap. I think that would be a fitting rating. I mean, I put, I would give it a shard of a candy cane. That's <laughs> <laughs> what broken yeah. piece because you're like, well, you might still get some enjoyment out of it. It might stab your tongue and cut your mouth. <laughs> But you might still get yeah. a little cherry. It'll be a, a, a something to remember. And beca- the only reason I gave it the shard is because of yeah. Lucy. I wanted to hear Lucy talk. Like, I think it'd make much more sense to give Lucy a bigger part. Maybe we need to learn, like, animation and we can create a sequel just based upon oh. what happened to Lucy and the heartbreak she suffered after the love flew away. Yeah, and then again, we can submit it never got a for an animated yeah. short film Oscar. <laughs> so, Kyle, would you call this a classic or a not so classic? I mean, it's going to probably come as a surprise if you've listened to the last fifty minutes, but um, a not so classic. <laughs> I agree. I agree. This is definitely not. Although I, I think you're right. I would. I kind of want to force some friends yeah. to watch it. Um, but there's quite a few right now on the top, like just to see. But I want to watch it with them. Mm-hmm. So I maybe it's, we it's have season one, two. We have one friend in common that I would love to make. Oh him yeah, watch this with, uh-huh. with us. We can we can yeah. uh, spend that. It would be worth that 19.99 if we could do that watch party. I agree. We we have to talk about this more. I'm I'm fine going halfsies <laughs> on it, um, just to see his reaction because I think, I think that'll be it. That'll that'll bring me some Christmas joy like yeah. I've never had. Oh my gosh! Ah, oh, what a great what a great episode, but not a yeah. great show. Thank you so much for, yeah, for coming. Thanks on for having time. me and giving me such advance notice. You're welcome, and Kyle. Yeah. Merry Christmas. No, it's Merry Christmas. Did you notice how like, the animation always lagged when they said Christmas? Like, I don't know. If, was that a thing back in the day? Was it just poor animation? Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended.
So I know you're probably thinking, Ned, why should I start shopping now for white elephant gifts? Because, silly, you should always be prepared. And if you shop in the winter and spring months, then you'll have a few less things to deal with during the holidays. I just have one gift suggestion this time around. Do you know someone who's way into doomsday prepping? Then give them the gift of water. But not just any water. Ready Yeti's Dehydrated Water Can. It's 16 ounces of dehydrated water. This can can be used over and over again to make gallons of gallons of water. You just have to keep filling it. <laughs> Alright everyone, well that's my suggestion for this month. I'm off to uh, clean the reindeer stalls again. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't you forget to stay off the naughty list. I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition. So I invited my friend Kyle back to tell us one of his. If you'd like to share our Christmas memory or tradition, don't forget you can email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leave us a short 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. So I'd say my favorite Christmas tradition is always on Christmas Eve. Um, we don't have kind of like a traditional Christmas Eve dinner. It's always just like a whole bunch of appetizers that we make. And um, usually we're watching some sort of like Christmas movie or other movie. So um, just kind of something different, I guess, maybe that we do. But um, I always look forward to all the different appetizers and whatnot. And that's our our meal. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Links are in the show notes as well as links for Ned's gift suggestion. Uh, remember to share and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Altel, Audio Junkie, and more. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, the first Noel, O Christmas Tree. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, the Disco Edition are all provided by freexmasmp3.com.